podcast on the internet period out of all of them period uh, pastries more like pasties am i right exactly <laughs> <laughs> nothing to say there because of boobs yeah, or because of we're both white and pale <laughs> i was thinking more about nipple covers but yeah, yeah yeah we're very white and very pale so i think both both apply just fine here yeah um, yeah, welcome to Pastry Week, finally. Oh my god. You were talking about how much you wanted Pastry Week, and, and this episode this episode delivered really in every category. It really, really did. Good bakes, good drama. Oh, the drama. Everything that you wanted. Just a good, I think a good Gabe Week in particular overall, because you nah. predicted the rise of Christelle. Yes, you predicted Pastry Week. Yes. Like, how does it feel being psychic and being the best at predicting things on Bake Off? Um, I just have to thank, um, you know, the spirits and uh, the tarot and mm-hmm. um, my my star sign, Aquarius. Uh, for giving me these powers of deduction and of um, introspection, you know. Yeah. Uh, anything uh, notable about the intro that you liked? They ate a shoe, and that was kind of the whole thing. Shoe, shoe, puns, great. Yeah. Sometimes somebody has to wonder, like, is this somebody's fetish right now? Like, did somebody in production, like, <laughs> sneak this in because they, like, wanted to get their rocks off or something? I don't know. There's just something about it. Oh, like the whole, like, sneaker fetish kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my favorite little bit from the intro was all the um all the girls coming in and being like, We gotta do it for Freya. That was so sweet. <laughs> it was so cute. I love that. I love their friendship. Her Freya and Lizzie are clearly very tight after the show. Um you can see it in all their TikToks. They're really in on it. Yeah. And I like real talk though, like it has been a lot of women getting kicked off. Yeah, seriously. Like, I didn't register that until she said it, and then I looked around, I'm like, holy crap, it's been a ton of women. Like, the only man who's been kicked off is... Jerzino. Oh, and the guy from the first episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Tom. Said two, but all the rest have been women, and we're halfway through. Yeah. And Jarzino's gay, so, like, the straight men are... The straight men are um, hanging on. Hate to see it. Yeah, but we love the solidarity that comes out of it. We sure do. Um, and apologize for any beeping that we hear in the background. There's always construction going on outside my window. I yeah. don't know what they're doing. It's the way. It's the way. I think they it. just like to tear stuff up and then rebuild it again to have fun because they're like 
really close friends and they don't want the construction <laughs> project to be over. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. Okay, let's talk about the first challenge. So the first challenge for this bake are shoe nuts, which they made that seem like this is a common thing that one can find in the UK. Uh, it is a donut made out of shoe pastry. Mm-hmm. And the specifications were uh, one of them needed to have a fancy glaze and the other one needed to be filled. Yes. And then do whatever else you want with the combo of those. Yeah, I don't think they're that common, but it's it's more fun than just making them make shoe buns. Yeah, or very eclairs. true, very like, true. It's a little, it's a good little mix. <laughs> it was funny, when they started, they said, I swear, they said shoe nuts maybe 30, 40 times, like in like five minutes. They just said the word so many times it lost all of its meanings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tried to make all these jokes about it. And I was like, I, I okay. don't know. You know, lots just... of nuts jokes, lots of getting yeah. that in there. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but any any uh, any recipes stand out to you? Any flavor profiles catch your eye? Um, well, Lizzie's. Um, yes. I really enjoyed. She had a raspberry liqueur and hibiscus one. They were uh, so pretty. Oh, my God. Yeah. And her other one was just a caramel glaze. But that hibiscus you you have been to dough donuts yes i have not dough donuts dough donuts i haven't been i gotta go i gotta go oh my god they're only the best donuts in new york city dough like the like the substance like the pre-donut material okay okay they have 21st street is their main location so they're the best and they have one of their original flavors is a hibiscus donut that is like that same pink glaze and like the the freeze-dried hibiscus and i was just like that's it that's what i need in my body so that was a a high high note for me and and it was just so it was so satisfying to watch and like clearly you can see like lizzie got in her own head about this one like she wasn't confident but she has the skills to back it up every single time no i i love upset lizzie I love when yes. she's upset she's so at something. Because what was it was a couple weeks ago that she was similarly just like over it the whole episode. Bread week, bread week. She was bread very week. like, yeah. "Ugh, I fucking hate this," <laughs> and uh, you know, did amazingly. So I think she's one of these people that maybe like gets power out of resentment. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Prue said something really funny at the end where she, she I, I forget how she phrased it, but it was like, you are ruining my theory that love needs to be in bakes because you hate this and it still tastes and amazing. And it's still so, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, we love. What did you think about Chiggs's? He did the chocolate lime and then the hazelnut you know, prime. I, I say all the time that I don't believe in like citrus and like, very chocolate forward together mm-hmm. but i trust chigs and i would love to taste it mm-hmm. i would not think to put chocolate and lime together in a dish like that but mm-hmm. you know what i'm not on bake-off and chigs is very good at this i would i would happily eat his chocolate donut with lime yeah i was just trying to think in my head of like how it would taste because like i've had like chocolate orange things and like chocolate and chili yeah but never chocolate lime. And I was like... It, it would You would have to, like, balance the acidity somehow. Because I feel like the lime is, like, really acidic in a certain way. And then mm-hmm. chocolate is also... And it would... In my head, it feels like it would come out, like, ashy or, like, yeah. kind of, like, bitter. Yeah. But maybe that works to its advantage. Yeah. 
No, I. They seem to go over really well. I was just very confused. They're very pretty. Yeah, which definitely helped. They were right. gorgeous, and he's the only one who did two different does, which was so ambitious. Go Chigs. Go Chigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Amanda did um a maple bacon, which for those in Minneapolis, there's a Minneapolis bakery called Glamdoll Donuts, and they do all these. It's very like like 70 like mid-century kind of mod femme decor and they have all these mm-hmm. very cute donuts and they do a maple bacon one that's very good and hers seemed it, to need a little bit more bacon yeah because the maple was too sweet and then she also did a pistachio and rose and um committed the cardinal sin of having too much rose and it yeah. tasted artificial and soapy yeah, man, people people love the concept of rose flavor, but I don't I don't think it pans out as well as they ever want it to. It's always too flowery. It's always a little. It's not really sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think we've been like taught by the candy industry that anything that's pink has to be like sweet and fruity, and so like you hear rose, but no, it's like this like flowery sort of like soapy flavor. It doesn't quite work. Yeah, and then the maple bacon. Um, Sounds tasty, sounds delicious, but something in my head, whenever I hear maple bacon, I think of, like, that period of time, 2007 to 2000, I guess, like, it died off around 14, like, bacon culture, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah, yeah. Jim Gaffigan did that stand-up set, was all about how much he loved bacon, and sort of every straight man in existence decided like, oh, there's my personality. That's it right there. Mm-hmm. I found it. Don't got to try any harder. I'm going to mm-hmm. wear a t-shirt that says I love bacon. We're all going to put bacon in things. We're going to make bacon ketchup and barbecue sauce and and put bacon where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, even though I think a maple bacon donut sounds tasty. That's no knock on Amanda. That's just what I think of when I hear maple bacon. Yeah. No, it's very mask. Let's see. Um, what did you think? I know you're a fan of Giuseppe. Um, what did you Always. think of the almond nougatine and the lemoncello creme pat? I love lemoncello. Um, I thought it did good. You know, I, I thought it was like pretty just solid, like definitely within Giuseppe's wheelhouse. Pick some like classic Italian flavors, consistent, pretty. Yeah. It was very his brand and yeah. they looked they looked tasty. Yeah, they looked good and they went over well. I just kind of, um, and you know, it would be definitely different if I was in the tent tasting them because they are really good flavors. But as a viewer, I'm a little bored of the mm. of the classic Italian almond citrus. Yeah, no, I, I see your point. It is a little bit like, okay, let's let's try something fun, Giuseppe. Yeah, because my man Jurgen over here, mm-hmm. Jurgen went outside of the box he did a yuzu and ube donut and i forget what the other one was oh it was yuzu and sake yuzu and sake and then the other one was ube okay it was ube and then what was the glaze on the ube one it was orange i mean the the color of ube is quite not like anything else on this planet it really is just a miraculous little root yeah is it the same as taro no i think it's a different plant they seem to go over well. I liked that he was yeah. like, it's the 80s. It's <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> Radical, dude. Radical, dude. Hang 10. Hang 10? Maybe yeah. that's 90s, though. 
surfer. Oh, yeah, maybe. I was thinking surfer culture. That was 70s, right? It continued. It continued. Bushel surfing. I mean, it definitely had a resurgence in the in the late 90s, 2000s. At least in my mind, I wanted to be a, a, a surfer kid growing up yes. in Minnesota. Yes, yes, I was yes, like, yes. Nah. you're from California, <laughs> so you probably have a different perspective, but. Totally. No, I did. I did as well. But as like a, a deeply unathletic child, it was always sort of just like the aesthetic of surfing or like the aesthetic of skating. But I was much too uncoordinated and not confident in myself enough to like go out and ride a board. Yeah. Um, but I spent plenty of time at Hop Topic and Tilly's and right. Hollister and mm-hmm. and all those fun places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we love Jurgen. I mean, he is one to do something out there. And yeah, he is. Like, even when he misses, like, with the baby, it's still okay. So it's cool to see him do something wild. Yeah, and I, I appreciated it because I think, like, we're at this point of the competition where it's like, okay, we know he can do German flavors. Like, mm-hmm. please don't do a Kirsch donut. Like, please, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, do something a little bit out of the box. We want to see something new. And this was exactly what he needed. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. Speaking of adventure and uh, new interesting things, Christelle had a passion fruit yes. was one of hers. And then she did a miso yes. caramel, which... Miso caramel. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds good. The judges seemed kind of medium about it. They were like, yeah, it's a little more savory. Yeah, it has a little bit of, you know, something different going on here with the caramel. Next, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't super react to it, but I thought it was was a cool idea. Yeah, they they were kind of like, "Uh, it's miso caramel. (laughs) But I don't know. For me, that's a a flavor combination I would be interested to... um... Yeah, that definitely seems like very up your alley. Seems like you're kind of kind of palate. I'm kind of a person who would eat miso by the spoon. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. And also, her her shoe was a little tight and under, yeah, a little underbaked. It seems she could have put it in for longer. Overall, I think everybody did pretty well. I think we just have George to talk about. He did a sticky toffee. Say <laughs> that six times fast. Sticky toffee pudding, shoe nut. Wow. And then a jam and cream. Yeah, he chose these, like, really simple, like, classic British flavors almost. It was very, like, high-tea donuts or something, you know, like a berries and cream and a sticky toffee pudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we also learned, I don't know if it was if it was in this first episode or in the first challenge, but we also learned that Amanda is also Greek. Oh, yeah. Uh, she has, like, a Greek grandfather or something. So she's, like, the descendant of Greek immigrants. And she knows, like, the dance. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to always see those, like, second, third generation yes. relations. Especially with, like, white passing folks. Um, with, like, actual people who are immigrants. Because yeah. it was so funny for her to be like, let's do the dance. Let's do Greek dancing. And George was like, uh... No. <laughs> no. I need to watch my bake so closely. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I. No. Um, he did it for like three seconds and ran back. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the whole, I think everyone did really well. The only people who I saw had a little bit of struggle were Amanda, 
George just because they were a little bored, it seemed. Yeah. Um, and then Christelle because of her shoe. But everyone, yeah. they like there weren't any huge gaffes here. Yeah, that that seems about right. Everybody, everybody did pretty solid. I, I think like we've got some really strong bakers in the mix now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also we cannot move on no. until we talk about <laughs> Prue uh, needing two holes so that she can squirt. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was. There were so many sex puns this time around. Oh my god, there were the nuts and the. And the holes and the squirting and just, mm-hmm. like, so many different horny little references this episode. Um, yeah, it was very sexy. And I saw um, the Bake Off official TikTok excerpted this this speech of Proust, this monologue. Um. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's very dangerous to give that that sound clip over to the internet. But yep. I'm glad that they claimed it and they'll at least get it on their channel and we'll get some attention for it yeah yeah i also loved there were so many good moments throughout this episode but especially in this challenge like george not being able to open the tongs (laughs) and paul just standing right next to him not doing anything and i was kind of like oh this is like a like a judge integrity thing like what if he just can't open the tongs and like that's what That's what was his doom. He couldn't open the tongs. But then Paul stepped in, interfered with the competition to tell him, you just pulled the and thing. And I, for one, am mad about that. And I think that George should be disqualified <laughs> Favoritism. because he got extra help. <laughs> well, that brings us into our next round, which is the technical challenge. Everybody's favorite. And they had quite a doozy this episode. They had to make a baklava. Mm-hmm. And it's a big circular baklava with this incredibly complicated triangle diamond crisscross sort of pattern on the top with like ground pistachios and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, make a phyllo dough from scratch, mm-hmm. make your filling with all your nuts and your good stuff like that, and then cut this really complicated thing into the top. It was a hard challenge. So hard. And yeah, they were like... Your challenge is to make a large baklava, and it was large. It was, it was so large. big. It was, like, more than a foot wide. That thing was huge. And I was surprised because I think when I've seen Philo made before, and I think when they did it before on the show, they used olive oil mm-hmm. um, to create the layers. Oh, interesting. And that's how I've understood it to be made, is that you, you spread olive oil between these thin layers. They used uh, cornstarch, right? Yeah, this time? I've never heard of that before. Which I thought was very clever and like so much less messy because I think the challenge of using olive oil is it gets everything wet and then things are a little yeah. more delicate. And it kind of melts everything. Yeah. So this was, it was cool. And, and honestly, didn't look so hard. I know everyone was like, <laughs> why would you make phyllo? Because you can just buy it. And I, I do feel the same. But... I was watching this and I was like, I could do this with the cornstarch. Like, it's not too messy. It's pretty, like, straightforward. Oh, Gabe, you're going to eat your words. We're going to get you on a fucking challenge. And we're going to make you make phyllo dough in front of the cameras, in front of everybody. We'll see how it goes. Hey, I have made pastry before. I made some very good turnovers last year, like, full puff pastry by myself. So, I feel like I could do it. And I do make a 
a good a good pie crust okay scratch. i'd love to see it <laughs> yeah maybe i'll have to try it one of these weeks um yeah but i this was so fun to watch like it was my notes are all caps i am gripped this is so good <laughs> and then later i wrote i am fucking because it was just like it was amazing to watch everyone yeah. just being the most themselves like yes yes like lizzie like doing really well with everything and then being like fuck this pattern i don't even know what i'm doing <laughs> like the most lizzie thing to do ever so true she did everything right and then she got to the pattern she's like i don't know how to do this uh fuck this <laughs> you're yeah. getting whatever i'm serving you and just deal right and like george like just kind of being ham-fisted about it and like yeah. Not getting the layers very thin or like, you know, lacking the finesse, like very George. All they were just all very themselves, which was cute. Yeah. It was such a good demonstration of all of their abilities. And honestly, the final products, like even the worst ones mm-hmm. were fine. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the it, like the worst sin I, I believe George was in the bottom, right? Yeah. I mean the worst sin that George did was that his stuff went a little bit too far up Oh, no, the Lizzie's actually like, was in the bottom. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, even with her, like, she made the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, a sad mess. It wasn't, like, a pile of boogers without flour like we've seen this season, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. None of them were incredibly box. underbaked or anything. It was pretty, yeah. pretty good. I also noticed during this that Giuseppe is tall. He's very yeah, tall. Yeah, you didn't notice? No, I think he was next to Matt, and I was like, whoa, you are a large, <laughs> a large man. Yeah, he's very tall. He's very tall. You'll see when he, like, sometimes when he's leaning over the um, the counter or whatever, he'll spread his legs to, like, get by, and he's got this, like, super wide stance so that he can get low enough. Yeah. Like, it's like action mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, any other thoughts on, like, on the the things that transpired during this challenge? Mm, I'm trying to remember. I feel like there were more sex puns that went on, but I can't pick out any specifically. It was just gripping. I just, I just loved watching it. It was so fun. It was so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later on, um, especially because I think, like, the final round really sealed it, but this is my favorite episode of the season mm-hmm. so far. And I think this is maybe my favorite episode of the last couple seasons. Like mm-hmm. I can't, no other episode really comes to mind as like just being this like well-rounded and like satisfying. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, in the end, we had Lizzie come in seventh, George Boo. in sixth, Amanda in fifth, Giuseppe in fourth, Chiggs in third. Drum roll. Christelle came in second place. Finally conquering a technical. Fuck yes. As she deserves. And Jurgen back in first. Of course. Of course. This was a very Jurgen challenge. You know, super precise, really complicated have this super geometric pattern on top. And of course, Jürgen looks at it and it's like, oh, it's perfect. I know exactly what to do with this pattern. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he just like yeah. knocks and it out, no problem. Jürgen quote of the day, 
the Yoganator seems to be back. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, very proud. And like really good to see, you know, Christelle in the beginning being like, I just have to remind myself that I have a brain, I think is exactly what she said. And she did it and she pulled it out and I'm so happy for her. Yeah. And and again, you know, I think speaking to your predictive abilities, what did we say last episode? I I didn't have the faith, and I'm very sorry to Christelle, but you said all Christelle has to do is nail one technical, and then her other stuff will carry her through. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am so happy for her. Yeah. You know, we have, like, every single episode she's been, like, bottom or second to last. And finally, we saw her nail it, crush it. It was like the whole season arc led up to this moment. Very exciting. Gabe, if I were to serve you a bubble and squeak, would you eat it? And would you have any idea what it was? Um, bubble and squeak sound like noises that meat makes when it fries. So I'm a little trepidatious. Mm. Well, you're right about the noises, but you're wrong because it's not necessarily a meat dish. Um... And we briefly conferred, and we don't think we've talked about it before. It's possible we've talked about it before. In that case, Remix. But um, no. Uh, So the Bubble and Squeak is uh, what the food writer Howard Hillman called one of the greatest peasant dishes in the world. So it's a classic British dish that is basically, you take cooked potatoes, and you take cabbage, and then you take other fun items of your choice. So for a non-veg environment, Maybe throw some bacon in there. Maybe throw some cheese. You could throw carrots, onions, any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the cabbage and the potatoes are the base. Mm-hmm. Mix it all together, mash it, and then you fry it into this big sort of cake shape. And it is named the bubble and squeak because that's the noise that it makes when it's frying. Cool. Um, do you know how it's seasoned? Britishly, Britishly, so sparsely, salt, and pepper, <laughs> not a lot. Period. You know, salt and then a sprinkle of pepper because it's too spicy for the Brits, probably. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that you can kind of season on your own. Like the the base is just the cabbage and the potato and the and then frying that. But 
you know, sky's the limit as far as what else you can throw into it. Yeah. Have you had one? I have not. Um, I feel like I've made some things that have come pretty close before. Mm-hmm. Like, I've made a bunch of, like, grated vegetable, root vegetable type things and, like, a lot of uh, fritters, which are pretty close. Yeah. But I've never done it as one big lump before. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at some pictures online and it looks tasty. Yeah. They make it look really nice. It's also making me think of, have you ever had okonomiyaki? Yes. Yes, I have. Oh, I have a whole history with okonomiyaki. Um, It looks very similar to that. Yeah. And and okonomiyaki is similarly like a cabbage pancake. I um I went to Japan when I was fourteen. We went everywhere. We did everything, and we stopped in Hiroshima, and we had okonomiyaki. We were there, and Hiroshima and Osaka have different styles of okonomiyaki. Right. Yeah. In Osaka, you mix everything together, and then in Hiroshima, you kind of layer it one piece at a time, mm-hmm. and it was. It was like the best thing I'd ever eaten. It was just like a big fried comfort food. And they have like a special sort of like teriyaki-ish barbecue sauce that goes on top. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Just life-changing. And I get back to the United States and I could not find it anywhere. Because where makes, where, where do they have okonomiyaki? It's like very specific. Yeah. But I found it wasn't as good and i'm still chasing that high oh you and found, one day you i did find, find a place close. to i did find a place it wasn't as good but it yeah. was it was pretty close it was pretty close yeah i mean when i had it in japan it was like a little spot where you have a little hibachi grill kind of thing yeah so yeah, you yeah, like, yeah it was a flat top you get the the big thing of uh cabbage and egg and daikon and then you just like kind of fry it yourself oh um, that was my experience, but um, yeah, they're good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We they they have the same table in front of us, but they made it for us. I see. Uh, but it was it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bubble and squeak okonomiyaki. There's some crossover there, definitely. Just a fun name. I just the name alone makes me tickles yeah. me. Yeah. Mmm, sounds tasty. It's almost lunchtime here. Should we should we call bacon sizzle and pop? Um no. <laughs> okay. Just cuz I am not um, you know, I don't think bacon deserves too much. Uh It's already iconic. Yeah. It doesn't need a it doesn't need a further cute name. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. I think I think there are some other um some other uh dishes that need a little bit more of a facelift yeah right right um great well thank you for the food fact you are so welcome try it out if you ever see bubble and squeak don't be scared uh they could be tasty yeah i will pursue it i might even make one because i have a bunch of potatoes i got the other day with the intention of just like they were on sale Amazing. So, gotta find some things to make with him. So, bubble and squeak might be on the menu. Amazing. Well, let us know how it goes. J'écris des chansons, je ne les chante pas. Et ton nom, je ne le dis pas. C'est des histoires que tu t'inventes. 
Commence d'un soir si ça t'enchante. Faut pas le dire, mais c'était court, faut pas l'écrire, ça pue l'amour, ça sert à rien pour courir, il y en a plein des filles désirs. Faut pas le dire, mais c'était court, faut pas l'écrire, ça pue l'amour, ça sert à rien pour courir, il y en a plein des filles désirs. Détruit. Mon corps se couche sur ton ennui J'ai fait l'impasse sur les mots doux Comme une terrasse en plein manteau Fais pas semblant car je le sais Tu ne m'aimes que parce que je te hais Mais c'est pas grave, tant pis Je prendrai un taxi final round uh, the showstopper challenge this time around is to make a terrine it is a savory pastry pie type thing mm-hmm. and I believe part of the challenge was that you had to cut into it and see a design of some sort in the cross section right yeah it, and it had to be highly decorated yeah it can't just be your standard steak and ale pie where it's just kind of you know everything mixed together you've got to have some sort of layer so let's let's talk about george yes let's talk about george he made a christmas dinner with a big interesting choice big old sausage in the middle yeah which essentially the way they're making these sausages is they're laying out strips of bacon and putting pate or some other sort of soft thing in the middle and then just rolling yeah. rolling the bacon around it um which is just very very meaty <laughs> yeah i'm i'm no sausage maker but i don't think that i don't think that's how sausage works but you know no. bacon wrapped pate can be sausage if you have an imagination he had a design but i really couldn't make out what he was going for it was just like here's a circle and here's a square of a different thing and that's my design the outside was like cute i liked the little black kind of squiggles but he had a big mess the the thing i want to talk about yeah. though is that it early in the challenge he decided to make his sausage and then put it in the freezer and so when everyone was assembling he wasn't able to get his sausage in to his pie um the quote was george's giant sausage is rock hard (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right they wrote that one on purpose oh of course of course my god so funny yeah george george was struggle bus express this time around like he had the frozen sausage he took it out mid-bake and like shaved some stuff off like yeah he looked like he was gonna cry at some points i didn't like it and you saw giuseppe being like leave it in the oven leave it in the oven like (laughs) under his breath and he just like yeah everybody's like close the fucking oven close the fucking oven make your decision but do it with the oven door closed that was the big i mean the big thing that both he and amanda ran into was bake time for opposite reasons i guess like george had a lot of struggle like kind of got it into the oven on time ish 
and then like had to take it out and like do stuff. Whereas Amanda just decided to do all these decorations and all these like frilly little pastry things on the top and was talking about how her husband is always like, why are you spending so much time decorating? You should put it in the oven. And then sure enough, it doesn't have enough time to bake through. No. Yeah. Poor Amanda, man. I mean, that was, that was a true disaster. It came all the way apart. She had a a similar thing. She had a chicken pate sausage. So chicken pate wrapped in bacon with piggies oh she made little piggies those turned out well those are I so think. cute those were so cute but you know we're like supposed to be a little supplement to the main thing and ended up being kind of the only good thing yeah it really just failure to launch on that one unfortunately it was very unfortunate we did get to see chigs be really hot and come in and help her and like i mean chigs we have to talk about he did a quote-unquote pork fest <laughs> um so he made a lester pork pie um, mm. which I guess is a, a famous thing where he's from. So it's just a lot of pork and did not look appetizing to me at all. But then I found it interesting because, well, one, another one of my predictions coming true. I said last episode, like, cause you were like, Chiggs is in top four. And I was like, well, maybe Christelle is better than Chiggs because Christelle would never make a little mistake on, on a showstopper. And sure enough, mm. Chiggs's pie ended up cracking. And I was like, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was really interested to see the the way that like, you know, his brain was like going on overdrive because something went wrong. But then he was like putting all of this stuff on Amanda emotionally. <laughs> like he was like, you know, like running around trying to like save his thing and he was being like amanda amanda it's not going wrong and like trying to like talk through it with her while she is like is this for amanda or is this for you chigs maybe that's yeah part of it it was just like a little ropes woven together to do like a little braided kind of thing it was pretty it was pretty simple yeah could touch on lizzie briefly briefly um it was fish and spinach i think were the big flavors and then she had little potato fishes Mm -hmm. in the center which were really cute yeah i think this one was top for me maybe yeah maybe not top top but like just when they cut into it and the little potato fishes i was like so cute it was so cute and i love like nice to do a fish pie when everyone is doing all of this beef and pork I think it was a good contrast and it just showed that like she can be a little like wacky and wild with the decoration but usually comes with something like really appealing yeah she's she's solid on the flavor and she likes to do things that are quirky and fun but like the actual integrity of the bake is never really put at risk because of it you know um what did you think of giuseppe's his owl pie (sighs) i mean of course it was so fucking cute and it was gorgeous and beautiful and well executed and it looked like it could be on the cover of a cookbook Mm -hmm. like literally yeah yeah it was very twee very like zoe deschanel totally zoe deschanel urban outfitters 2012 he talked about how this is his wife's favorite animal Mm -hmm. and he was very much like being a wife guy which we love to see he was talking about like how (laughs) His wife is a better baker than him, and she has, like, picked up so much of the slack at home so that, like, he's been able to really concentrate on this. Yes. So I love that. 
And I want to see his wife in the next season of competition. I think that they got to switch off. Oh, yeah. That would be I want to see what she can do. Yeah. Also, so much cheese. He just put so much cheese so in much it. Cheese. And I was like, this is something I would eat. Obviously, there was still meat in it. But I was like, oh, that's a pie that is making me hungry. Paul loved his meat. Paul loved Giuseppe's meat. I think it was Paul looking down at Giuseppe's meat. And I was like, oh, my goodness. The homoeroticism. Look, you can raise your eyebrows, but I think Giuseppe just has a little bit of a sexual energy. Tell me more. What what do you find most sexually appealing about Giuseppe? Well, he's he's just has this like college professor kind of vibe. It's not like obvious. It's not like super forward, but I think it's just he's Italian, which not to stereotype, but I do think there is something sexy about the Italian people. Can't put my finger on it. Um, he's tall. He's smart. He has nice hair. It just, like, it seems like you would have, like, a fun, classy, wild evening with Giuseppe, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would let him Be good wine, and you'd you'd talk at the table for hours, and then, who knows? knows? (laughs) I'm not going to release that fan fiction. (laughs) Um, Speaking of someone else with strong sexual energy... Jürgen did a very German bake, a send up to his hometown of Freiburg, which was sauerkraut, beetroot, and horseradish and beef. Very German indeed. It also reflected the British palate, you know, because Jürgen was like, oh, I'm doing sauerkraut and horseradish and beef. And they were like, oh, yeah, horseradish. Love that shit. That's going to be amazing. And I was just kind of like my like baby American palate. Horseradish is yucky. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like it. The Brits do love a certain kind of spicy. Like mustard here. Yeah. It's it's very spicy. Yeah, yeah. It it is funny. The British they don't like chili spicy. Mm But they love stinky, acrid sort of. Yeah. I wonder if they like wasabi because I feel like wasabi is is similar in that category of like, it's not spicy exactly, but it's doing something to my face and my nose right now. I mean, in London there was a lot of sushi around, and they do like fish. And then I think the only thing we have left is <sighs> our girl. Let's talk about it, Christelle. Wow, it was so good. Wow, I mean, like it's so Christelle like. She's uh, she's talked so much about how much she loves her family. And so the mm. fact that this was a, a send up to her grandma, I think. Yeah. And like cooking two of her favorite curries in this little house shaped pastry. I mean, just what a this is like, this is what we watch the show for. Mm-hmm. Because Christelle has like been solidly in the middle. The technicals have been holding her back. But like... She has been so strong in all the other challenges and she finally did it. And then she just got to have this moment where she made this dish that was like really personal to her and it meant a lot. Mm -hmm. And she fucking crushed it, Mm -hmm. knocked it out of the park. She got a handshake on a showstopper, which is kind of weird that Paul makes a distinction that he doesn't really do that in showstoppers a lot. Awesome for her, like across the board. It was so cool. I think everyone really loved it. Like it looked like Prue was really moved by it. Like she yeah. looked kind of like on the edge of tears a little bit. I was too. Oh my god. <laughs> um like it was it was a very 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 good successful bake and something that I think is well deserved. And yeah, like something that's we so significant for her personally like to have to have won this on, you know, making her grandma's recipe like that's pretty special. Also just a curry pie 
That sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds like the best thing I've ever heard of. I also love that just in the beginning, when they were first starting out, she was like, this is like my favorite challenge because I get to cook. Like making a curry is much more cooking than making a yeah, meat pie totally. where you're just chopping up raw meat and putting it in a thing and baking it. I, I love that she was able to showcase that. And the decorations were cute as hell. That little house oh was adorable. God. Yeah. No, Lizzie's and Christelle's were so pretty together. We love our girlies. We love them. They really did. They brought it for Freya. <sighs> for Freya. Well, what were the final results, Gabe? So we had our dearest, darlingest Christelle come in. Ah, Finally. Starbaker. Oh, I was so happy. Season arc complete. Now they can eliminate her. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Don't say that. No. no, they won't. But I was like, oh, shit. Like, the producers got the arc they wanted. <laughs> but yeah, no, just so, so, so happy with her. And then tragically, we saw Amanda have to go home. Another woman went home. Another woman. And George snuck by another round. Even though he, like, plated his meat pie with the tin still on with the tin and came in dead last in the technical no <sighs> second to last in the technical second to last i just was a li- i don't know what do you think what do you think it's hard because it, it seems like every single time with george there's one person who fucks up just that much worse mm-hmm. than him but if you look at his career over the span of bake-off he's it's not it's just not gonna happen i don't know like i I, I love him as a person. He seems very fun. He yeah. seems very sweet. And I appreciate that he he challenges himself and he, like, doesn't rest on his laurels. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't seem like he should be here at this point, you know? Yeah. I agree. And I think if it was someone else other than Amanda, I would feel a stronger sense of true justice true. like we did with Freya. Rashika. With Rashika. <laughs> Um, but I kind of feel that both Amanda and George are kind of, I'm ready to see them go. I don't, I, I am not really excited to see what either of them do. If Amanda would have stayed, I would have been like, okay, great. Yeah. You're going home next episode. And that's kind of how I feel about George right now. Yeah, totally. It was funny when I was, when I was watching the episode for the listeners, I was texting you and I was like, oh my God, this show is amazing. This is the best thing ever. And we went to the final round and I'm like, you know, everybody's doing so well. I think this might be a nobody goes home challenge. And then everything happened. I was like, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Just kidding. One of them's going home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I totally agree. And like, I think that if George is not the person to go home next week, uh, I may riot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'll do because it just doesn't. It, it just doesn't feel... It, it feels like he's in a, a separate category than the rest of them, you know? Yeah, right, right. No, I agree. Um, and yeah, I'm sad for Amanda, but she's made it very far. Um, yeah. And she's... Very, very good career. Something to be proud of. Absolutely. And I mean, the biggest tragedy is that, you know, I would, I would rather have a cop in the kitchen than on the streets. And so um, <laughs> that's, you know, sad for the world. In this moment. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Dab. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So, we had our moment. Christelle had this amazing thing. And then she had this really fun call where she called her sisters. And she tells them. And they're all just screaming over the phone. And you can't even contain yourself. And it was just... It's everything that you want out of Bake Off. Yes. It was a great episode. Great episode. 
any thoughts, predictions, feelings for next week? I mean, like I said, George needs to be the next one to go home. And I feel like if somebody else fucks up and goes home instead of him, I'm going to be kind of mad because mm-hmm. it, it really is feeling like time. And that's no offense to George. It's just the reality of observing what I'm seeing. I'm just really excited for next week because I think this is a point now where everybody left is really strong. Yeah. And I just love watching all of them. And we, we get a little bit more time now to, like, mm-hmm. sit with each of them and, like, watch their process a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, like, 15 people scrambling all at once. And it's just, like, you have to, like, get through every single thing that they're making. Like, we get to kind of, you know, savor it a little more. And I I love this part of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I think that's about it. That's about it. Um, Cole? Yes. Are you into eating? Oh my god, you know, it's so funny. I actually am. Oh, that's good to <laughs> I hear. I love eating. That's good to hear. Um, Can't get enough of the stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what's been, what have you been eating this week? Ooh, I had, I had some very good tacos at, it's in Brooklyn. They were very tasty. For all things good mm. on Franklin. I don't know this. Um, it's like a sort of upscale, shishi-ish Mexican restaurant type situation. And they have these tacos volcanes, which are like, it's like a taco, but the um, tortillas are like fried. So it's almost like a chip texture. Yeah. And then all the stuff goes on top. It's like almost like a tostada or something. And it was just like crunchy and cheesy and all of the flavors. I got three different flavors. I don't know which one was which, but they were oily and amazing. It was everything you would want out of a taco. Yeah. So good. Gabe, are you into eating? I am into eating, as it turns out. I thought so. I thought so. You you seem like the type. Yeah. I had my first night of, like, go to the club, get out, and, like, try to find um, some tasty, cheap food. And I had Apache pizza, which is, it's like the, you know, the crown fried chicken pizza of Dublin, you know, like the, the like cheap, good pizza. And it was the first time I'd, I've had it. And I feel like I've opened up Pandora's box a little bit because now I'm just going to be craving this, this weird pizza all the time. Also, Irish pizza eat their, eat their pizza with sauces like you get you get like a little like cup of garlic mayo oh and you dip your pizza in the in the garlic mayo wow what a concept i'm like it's i do enjoy it but i am also against it Mm, i see i see you're not a you're not a pizza with ranch kind of person no i think i've absorbed too much uh new york pizza superiority complex that yeah. I'm like you don't need it you don't need it if the pizza's good what, what's the exactly. sauce for exactly yeah 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 well that sounds good um I'm glad you enjoyed your cheap pizza and I'm sorry for the future where you're only made of pizza and that's the only thing you eat anymore yep um I'll keep you posted as it comes to pass <laughs> all right well we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening to Lady Fingers love you bye 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 
thank you for listening to Lady Fingers. This episode was edited by me, Cole Stephenson. Let's hope I didn't uh, fuck it up as bad this time. The music inside of this episode was edited by Gabriel Coleman and featured music by Sylvan Esso, Sophie, and Vondra D. Sewer. Don't know who they are, but I like their sound. Uh, our cover art was designed by Alessandra Ragusa. You can find Gabe on Twitter at YayPurpleCheese, and you can find me at uh, Cole Stephenson on Twitter and TikTok, and a different but similar name on Instagram. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great life. I don't know how to sign off. Okay, bye.
All right.